Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around drinking coffee or other beverages and talking about writing, publishing, the whole creative process. We do not censor ourselves, but we don't swear a lot, so please consider us PG-13. Your host today is me, John Schmidt. We're talking with Joel Rigetti of Speaking Stone Studios, author and producer and talent for Tales from the Dungeon. Also, our other host is Dave Welsh. Hi there. Joel, hello. (laughs) Hi. It's great to be here, guys. So I have a number of questions for you. First of all, your main work is Tales from the Dungeon, which is a podcast. Correct. You said you've written a fairly large amount on it. How many episodes does it have for our listeners? So it started originally as a patrons-only uh, release, and so my patrons are almost a full season ahead, 12 or so episodes. Uh, I think last week I just released episode 82 for my patrons, though I have a public release that comes much slower onto the, most of the wide public app, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and such. And uh, I think I just released episode 70 uh, this week there. So, uh, yeah, that's the grand sum of it. And they run about 20 minutes a piece, roughly. So you write, produce, do all the sound on these podcasds. I, yeah, um, against better judgment, yes. And people can get a taste from them, and then they can buy in slightly and get fresh from the process. Let's talk about the process a little bit. Absolutely. First question. Yeah. Have you always been a writer? Are you a writer now? Uh, that's a great question. And it's a question I still ask myself. I, I, the term, uh, imposter syndrome comes to mind often. I actually had never considered writing whatsoever, uh, until this podcast kind of came to me and the podcast was more of a reaction to wanting to get something going for the theory of getting into narration more than it was writing. Uh, but with copyright laws and whatnot, I didn't want to go back and narrate a bunch of from the early 1900s. And so I kind of came up with this idea to uh, write this short story format podcast, uh, but had never really written short stories per se. So I kind of tasked myself with writing three separate stories uh, just to see if I could, in fact, write stories to kind of keep a podcast going for a little period of time. Uh, and I did. And shockingly, more than anything, uh, was when I started writing, I've really, since this podcast has started, fallen in love with that process. It was something I, I didn't know I wanted to do or liked to do until I started doing it. The, the standard, and Dave can correct me if I'm wrong, statement of writers dr- drinking coffee is that if you have the desire anyone can be a writer. You are a great data point because you didn't know you wanted to be a writer until you were a writer. (laughs) And the uh, sort of, it's debatable, but the podcast view, as I express it, is if you write, you are a writer. Uh We don't gatekeep on the levels because another thing is you can measure by words, but if you measure by works published, you have 82 separate 20 minute performances in the public on this project alone. Yeah. Which, by the way, let me ask, has that helped you get into narration or is it sidelined you totally? It, uh, it actually kind of has sidelined me. Uh, and the reason being, I actually took a narration from an audiobook narrator, a professional audiobook narrator, uh, kind of during this whole COVID process. And it, 
let me know that what I'm doing is not quite audiobook narration. It's a little bit different uh, and it's its own thing. So my issue or, or what I'm currently dealing with or struggling with is uh, as this podcast is going, that's kind of the focus is the podcast, the writing and the narrating there. There are definitely overlapping skills to audiobook narration, but it is its own thing as well. And so uh, currently my, my time and my energy and my focus is on the podcast. It, will that maybe lead me to shift into narrating other people's works at some point? It's possible, but there's definitely still training to be done there, things to learn. We've talked to other uh, people who about about narrating and about voice acting and, and stuff uh-huh. like that too. I mean, we we touch on all kinds of things that are tangential to writing. Yeah. Um, to the question of are you a writer? Can you call yourself a writer? A criterion that John didn't mention, but that comes uh-huh. up a lot is do you get paid to write or um, you know are you a professional writer? Correct. Um, uh, it goes along with are you published? But you can be published without you know, getting paid a cent, uh, right. especially, especially on the web and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not asking I, you directly. No, no, no. I I'm find that interesting. That's... I mean, so I have, I have a Patreon page, which I have a not overwhelming amount of whatever. So I am getting a small income, very thankfully from, uh, from a, a close group of people, friends and others that, uh, that are giving me a very small stipend. It's not anything that I would make a living off of yet. And I guess somewhere in the back of my brain, that's the difference between, you know, a professional. And I, maybe that's the, it's the qualifier before it, right? Are you a professional writer? Are you an amateur writer? Are you an aspiring writer? I guess that's kind of the interesting thing in my own head. Like, I I guess I still consider myself at best an amateur writer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And another, another criterion is, um, well, um, we seem to, you know, be focused on, on creative writing, you know, fiction or, or uh-huh. stories or absolutely essays and stuff like that. Um, I mean, by some criteria, I'm a very successful professional writer because I'm a technical writer. I write, write. a living, yeah. um, but I, the stuff I do is, is not creative in any sense, uh, really. I mean, I'm just, um, I'm just documenting, um, software, how it right. works and stuff. So, um, I mean, there, there's a whole big space here where you meet some criteria and not others. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually think technical writing, I mean, I've known several technical writers. I think that is, you know what I mean? Uh, that is a very specific skill set that uh, you are a professional writer. And it takes, <laughs> takes, I think, an amazing amount of skill to take something that is very technical and then try to translate it into something that's understood by a wider audience. So, yeah. Well, okay. you just, yeah, go ahead. So, Exploring the, the the range of what it is to be a writer, uh-huh. I, I think everyone here, except for you, um, agrees that you're a writer. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I'm uh, getting I'm getting closer to some qualified <laughs> version of writer. I feel like uh, it's the, the longer it goes, I feel I feel let, like I'm more comfortable using. It. Yeah, let me tell you, in the range of writers we have, um, there's a complete range of opinion too. So right. yeah. yeah, and I can tell you, uh, as as somebody who has has written for you know since childhood and uh-huh. um, you know done creative writing since childhood, um, and so forth, um, you're in for a treat. the The imposter syndrome never goes away. So don't don't look for that to just <laughs> evaporate one morning. No, I, yeah, just, yeah, I wouldn't expect. And yeah, I think it is also my personality to uh, to be more self-doubting than, than uh, i think it's more prevalent than people admit you have to right yeah 
So moving on from whether we're writers or not, yeah. I, I honestly think you're more of a writer than I am, and I'm, I'm <laughs> part of the writing crew of this podcast. So well, well, thank you, you very much. You are a writer. You are the writing crew for your podcast. Yeah. You have a deadline. You have, because yes. it, you've, either you feed Patreon or it goes away. Right. You have uh, a large and complicated world, which one yeah. can see by looking at your website. And for God's sake, some very nice character art. Is, is that your work, too? Yeah, I recently, it's one of those things where fantasy art's always fascinated me. And I've, it's one of those things where I don't, I have some artistic skill, uh, but if I were to just do raw drawings, it would come out very poorly. Uh, But uh, over again, COVID kind of giving me time to sit and think uh, there is a, there's a fantasy map map making program called incarnate and uh mm-hmm. i have in previous versions of my working life been a, uh, a land surveyor and drafted map so when i've got this incarnate program it was kind of actually kind of second nature to me it allowed me to draw a fantasy map of the the place in which i'm currently telling could, stories could and you that, pronounce the name of the place of the map? Oh, yeah, the Barata province. It's, okay, I was trying to figure out how to pronounce all the yeah, apostrophes. Yeah, yeah, Barata. Yep. Yeah. Because it could be Barata, it could be Barata. Right, exactly. No, it is Lombada. Lombada. Yeah. It, it's basically the uh, it's an old tongue from the land that I'm creating. And so there, it's kind of an, a hyphenated where you would put words together, basically, and it actually mm-hmm. translates into the good land. So, uh, Not land, 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 like some... Yeah, no. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, and then uh, character portraits was things that I, uh, I kind of was tootling around with and figured out a way to take kind of my medium tech skills and my medium art skills <laughs> and put them together into uh, portraits of... of characters so i i found it a really nice visualization so yeah. going back to you you're creating obviously you've created a map that's interesting to know you had the previous experience there's a lot of good programs to do that with yeah or you can just totally cheat and go to one of the you can even pay someone to create a map for you which was kind of oh and and there's amazing amazing artists out there so mm-hmm. if you if you don't have the time but you do have the money go go find somebody on twitter they're unbelievable or somewhere anywhere they're amazing yeah my favorite is the eel historian i'll put a link to him just because every day he tweets a historical tweet about eels so, <laughs> that's awesome it's, it's, it's kind of specialized speaking of specialized here's my first specialized writing question which I think we have determined will need explanation. Okay. Are you a plotter or are you a freeform thinker who lets the characters decide where they go? Are you a pantser? Do you know what those two mean? I don't, but it sounds like just from the, the limited context, I might be more of a pantser. Uh, yeah. I, the, this podcast started as was supposed to be short stories that had nothing to do with one another. Uh, I had written down a, like a, a list of very abbreviated topics a uh, guy dies in dungeon a uh, young woman hiding in the alley a uh, thief goes to visit a wizard and it was mm-hmm. originally supposed to be like a separate comic strip but uh the more i started thinking about it and asking questions about it then uh i always say why like I, and i'm sure many writers do this but like why like and i wrote this first story which at that point had nothing to do with it but i started asking the why question, why is this? Why is that? Why is that? And it has led to the fact that in fact, this podcast has turned into a kind of an arcing, overarching plot that is twisting together and it's all answering the question why, but it comes, it comes to kind of just wanting to know more about things I did, whether they have been on purpose or not. 
Mm. Well, the 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 why question uh, uh, method uh, uh-huh. certainly seems like a a quote unquote pantsing method. You're you're just kind of leading right leading a chain of thought that's uh, more or less spontaneous. You're- right, and I think it's a good point too. Like I've gotten the points in my story where I've sat down to write next episode and then been like, "Holy crap!" I'm going to say since we're keeping it mild. Uh, I need to figure out who some character who hasn't actually been mentioned in any of these stories, basically what they've been doing for a period of, you know, their life or their years. So it's, yeah, I definitely run in these roadblocks where I've, you know, in a podcast format, I'm, you know, going week to week to week. And so I've definitely hit points in the story where I'm like, Oh no, there's this huge plot arc. I need to figure out that won't be probably will never be narrated that, but I needed to understand how these parts tie together, but it definitely is kind of on the fly. Yeah. Did you take any writing courses to get you going or what did you do to, did you yeah. just sit down and start writing? How did I, you get into I, the writing? I did just sit down and start writing. I, all the way back, way back in high school, when we went to the final year, your kind of options for senior English, which I, I high school English was never a fan of. Uh, we had basically AP English or normal person English, or they were going to offer a creative writing class. Is that NP English? Normal person? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, NP, uh, AP, math jokes. P, I like it. Very good. Uh, but so I had signed up for the creative writing course, having no thought or desire that I would be heading into any sort of creative anything later in life, uh, which was subsequently canceled and then i wound up in uh, a regular english class which i hated 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 and kind of let my grades really slip and uh so when the like midterms came around i wound up writing a what turned out to be an essay <laughs> to the teacher saying i hate normal english this is ridiculous and i kind of laid out all these points and so I got a note in some other class, please come see the English teacher. And I was like, Oh geez, I'm in trouble. And, uh, and when I went in, she sat down and she was like overjoyed because she was supposed to be teaching the creative writing class that was canceled. And, uh, you know, was impressed with the essay I had written explaining why I didn't like (laughs) normal English. And so, you know, for at least that small portion of my senior year, she let me do some creative writing projects in lieu of, other things but after that i never thought about it again i uh i i have read read a lot of fantasy i've been you know in and out of role-playing game kind of things at different points in my life but yeah no writing this podcast literally sat started with me sitting down and writing writing yeah writing is a is one of those skills where the the preparation is to do more writing um, right everybody everybody will tell you that right now right i mean my my preparation for being a writer was you know i paid attention in school um <laughs> right but I, I i think also um uh, what's not said a lot of times is uh that that hones your writing skills but you also have to do a lot of reading you have to yeah. read especially in whatever genre genre you want to write um sure and i think i think there i've always had and i guess didn't really consider it is a is an overwhelming interest in just stories and storytelling in in whatever format like television movies uh written books audiobooks whatever 
like I have always very much enjoyed uh, different tellings of different stories, uh, you know, tragic, tragic stories. I am drawn to uh, I feel like the remake of Battlestar Galactica was always something that to me, that telling of a, a society at struggle and what is it to be or, you know, humans trying to survive. Like, so it doesn't matter the format. I think I, since I've started writing, I really, really have realized that I have always had this passion for just good storytelling in whatever format or another. So. Right. That's neat. That is an excellent point. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry, Dave, I cut you off. Please go. Ahead. Oh no, that's okay. I was just going to say, so you, I mean, you consume stories as well as produce. Yeah. Them. So and I, th- I think you have to like, at least in my opinion, you have to, because what otherwise, what drives your writing, right? If, if I love this and hate that, why, if I'm not paying attention to that, I wouldn't know if I wrote the thing I hated, right. Or wanted some to avoid some trope or, or anything, you know, yeah. intentionally having female characters in a, in a fantasy novel versus not right. Like it's just more of some of those things you, you pay attention to, I guess, and, and yeah. try to. Well, I mean, there's, in. there's, it, there's another whole rabbit hole we could go down here about naive art right so you can write um you can write you know folk art or naive art in in writing as well as in anything else where you really aren't educated in the the thing but um education in a lot of genres again getting back to this is just just reading it or or exposing yourself to yeah you know absolutely especially in like you said tropes there, there, there are all these tropes. You, sometimes you want to avoid them. Sometimes you want to use them, but you don't know what they right. are in, until you, you know, see them a hundred times in a, yeah. in science fiction or, or mystery or whatever it is you're, you're writing. Well, yeah, a tweet, a tweet that made me laugh. I saw, I can't remember not too long ago was some, but something to the effect of, uh, I'm really starting to think I'm going to write this epic fantasy about a farm boy that didn't think he was anything, but turned out to be. And so I just, it, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's been done so many times that right. it's kind of this brilliant, brilliant moment to just recognize. Yeah. And it, it's, it's classic hero's journey as well. Right. Absolutely. Another debate, but yeah. Um, yeah how and it can be done. Well, I'm, I'm not even saying don't do it. I just, right. it's funny to me that it is so, it's so ingrained uh, that, that it can be done over and over again. And I think, I think part of reading and writing to some point sometimes is comfortability, right? There are, there are books I've written, uh, read over and over again. And I think as much as anything, it's that it is that format or, or or knowing that you already know what the end is can be comforting. And especially in times that we're in right now where who God only knows where we're going or gods, whatever your beliefs are. But like, it's just one of those things where, yeah, that that repetition is comfort. So somebody can retell that farmer story brilliantly and, and have us love it, I think. Yeah. So so I got to ask, do you have that farmer story in your podcast yet? Uh, I <laughs> do I have a farmer story specifically. The, 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 yeah, no, yeah, I'm, tr- no. I'm trying to think of uh, my characters. I've definitely written about a very the kind of the, what's turning just finally kind of turning into the main heroic party. They've all kind of come from different uh, backgrounds. There is definitely a character that started on a farm. Uh, so I guess in its own way, she she may represent that in its own way. But she's part of a group of people that have all started from, I think some were more likely to head into adventure and others were less likely. Mm. 
Yeah, adventure is being uncomfortable far away from home or right, absolutely home. Since some people seek it out, yeah. and the rest of us just have a tire blowout on I seventy, <laughs> right? And then the flood hits. We Welcome to Colorado. Them. We're yeah. taking your boat away from you, which is another <laughs> sub story. An it's adventure is just a disaster that you can walk away from, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to talk about tropes and forms and uh, oh, what's the term subsets of the genre uh-huh. subgenres. Uh, Subgenres. There it is, because David put together a spreadsheet, and and then I put together a query on the spreadsheet that auto-generated subgenres, and then went and saw on Goodreads how many books were in that subgenre, huh. and pretty much any sub. It's in our archives. We'll put a link in, yeah. in this podcast. But any subgenre you could pick, and we had a limited set of subgenres because it gets way too big, way too quickly. Right would generate usually on the low order 100 books which and then you look at something like D&D adventure podcasts on one hand yeah. it's got to be kind of rare but on the other hand I know about four of them well and I think what's interesting is right now there's a huge movement towards what's called actual play so the podcast is a group of people getting together recording themselves playing Dungeons and Dragons and it's immensely popular and made specifically popular by a group known as Critical Role who's the, right. kind of like the the apex of all of that right now yeah but or, or the progenitors depending on you look at it right you, you can everyone can fight about so why these. is this would you, yeah why is yeah. this popular i mean why is the that popular is that yeah. what you're saying why is the actual play um yeah yeah why is that popular i mean it, that's that's it, a great question and i what's interesting I mean, is, is it's, it's, it's a very yeah. sorry go ahead. no that's right i was just gonna say that it uh i think it's interesting because it's revitalizing role playing and i think what's hard about it or what can be or what what people view as divisive which is kind of ridiculous to me is that there's people that have like well i've been role playing since 1970 so you know these you know young whippersnappers doing it on the radio you know they're doing it wrong or they're doing it whatever they're changing it and it's like any other art form right like these these this the critical role specifically is a group of voice actors that got together and i think what's fascinating about it to me is it changed uh role playing from kind of a tabletop game which a lot of people play as like i have a character they have numbers we roll dice you kill dragons or whatever you do into really building the storytelling aspect of it they have very specific characters with stories and plot that's uncovered and so to me what they have created critical role. And I really, what I think everyone else is trying to emulate is the fact that this storytelling aspect, that having a background, this uncovering of things as you go, and it is just another storytelling. And yeah. I would say that for me, I have a huge amount of respect for them. I also think it was a thing that it was a group of friends got together and did. And I don't think they had any idea how big it would get. Mm-hmm. And now as anything that gets too popular, you are subject to, every criticism like you should have thought that out like it was going to be right you know this public product that belonged to everybody but in the end I, they try really really hard i think to to be honest yeah. about what they are so well so so it sounds like i mean it sounds like they uh, are just a, a 
fairly talented bunch of improvisers. And yeah. what I was going to say before was this just sounds to me like, um, you know, but the improvisation and the, the improv game that they're playing basically absolutely. is just within the framework of the role playing. Yeah, game. absolutely. And but, I would very much say that that is what it is. It is improvisation. And, 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 and that and sounds really tedious to me. Um, unless... It is. And there was, I specifically didn't like, cause it was a thought briefly. I went, Hey, these are popular. And then, and then I went, but there's no way I have the time or energy to organize a group of one, two, four, eight people and edit and cut down all of this stuff. And so it's, it's how I kind of narrowed in and zoomed in on what can I do? And so when I decided what I was going to do, this kind of idea, the short story idea came to me because it allowed me to just narrate and do what I was going to do by myself. Exactly. Right. So changing the focus slightly, um, this is what you've decided to do and you've given a really clear to me from my process oriented brain, Uh how you got here. If I was to advise someone who wants to get into this, well, into writing into your kind of writing into the podcast writing, Uh now that you've walked the path, how would you recommend they get started? What do they need to do? What, what was the most important step? Well, I think, yeah, what's, I mean, and I'm still barely figuring out how to podcast, if that makes sense. Like I, at this point, I have a process in place for making a show that comes out every week, but there's so much more. <laughs> what a to coincidence. Always, so do we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always so much more to learn about promotion, marketing, technical aspects, like everything. So I think it's not any different than any other business. I think a lot of times people will start, let's say a pizza restaurant because they love pizza, but what you don't think about is you know hiring employees buying supplies doing all of these other things so i would say to anyone that's going to podcast it's requires a very wide breadth of skill set and one of the things a podcast i've been listening to kind of brought up how much can you think about up ahead of time uh do i want really want to do the editing of my podcast or is that something i could pass off to somebody else or Uh, stuff like that. So I guess my advice is just, if you're going to do a podcast, it's so much more than whatever it is. Your passion is it's so much more than just the discussion or just the writing or just the, whatever it might be. It it, it takes quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that that's true. And a lot of, um, there are so many web personalities and and web um, influencers and the whole, the whole ecosystem of, um, web um, money making endeavors now, and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and I think a lot of them, um, you know, discovered this as well. That uh, you there's a business side to it that you have to attend to as well. I mean, there always yeah, has absolutely. been in any creative endeavor. Right. A lot of times, it's harder than a real job. Because and maybe yeah, it absolutely is. And I think maybe that's a point to be decided. If I guess the, if there is one point, you better know going in: is this something you want to? make a business or is it a hobby? Like I think very Mm -hmm. much decide, are you doing this to make money? Are you doing it? Because there's very different skills you probably need to bring to the forefront if you're going one way versus another. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like the fact that you didn't plan to be a writer and (laughs) a writer because that's unusual to talk to. No, in a podcast like this, you're, you're kind of a unicorn or a black swan. Yeah. Uh, although inside joke, you don't live in Snago, I think. Uh, do not. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
Well, that's refreshing, but you discovered you liked it as you started to do it. Yeah. And you've picked a form of narrative storytelling, which is a very specifically, you put together a narrative and then you tell the story as opposed to, you know, the other possible forms. And you've got a good view on this. Quick ask about basic writing tools. Do you use... Uh, what do you use to write things down on? Do you use Scrivener? Do you just no? I just I have a Mac, so I just type on pages. And if you saw my grammar and spelling, you would all scream out loud. I think that's one of the great uh, the great things about a narrative format. Actually, is and especially in kind of a short format thing, I write I read it once to kind of edit for any major faux pas or miss whatever. And then a lot of times I'll be reading in the booth and go, that sounds horrible. Or that, that combination of words is terrible and will kind of edit when I'm listening to my own self. And so I think what's interesting about the narration point is it actually allows me to, to hear it and to go, that's not good and and change it in, in the moment as well, which I think sometimes if you're writing and reading, you don't have that third aspect of hearing it out loud, which has been an interesting kind of discovery. Yeah. I think on my second episode, I had when they were fighting hobgoblins, and I wrote the story, and then I started reading it, and then it was like, you know, the hobgoblins, hobgoblin, the hobgoblin, hobgoblin, and I was like, holy crows, it's terrible, and you know, spam what I mean? hobgoblin so, and spam. Yeah, exactly. So I had to come back and be like, okay, you know, foe, enemy, like what? In the, I get the synonyms out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just use pages and uh, I don't, haven't moved into any stronger, better tools at this point. But you, you, you've just given us a process step that you hadn't mentioned before yeah. that I'm going to highlight briefly here, which is really simply um, read editing. it aloud oh. for the editing. Uh, editing. Yeah. Does anyone ever edit? Is editing a real thing? Yeah, I'm going to shut yes. up. <laughs> I think it should be, and you should take that time away, right? You write it, then you take some period of time, whether that be a half hour or a day, and come back and read it. And I think a lot of times, I'll sometimes be writing and be like, this is terrible, and then come back and read it and be like, oh, that's really good, or or vice versa, where you come back and be like, oh, this is really moving, and then you come back and you're like, wow, this is way too much or way too convoluted. Or, yeah, or what was I thinking? Was I, right. I, I know I like a piece of writing when I come back to it and I reread it, and I don't think in the words of Ursula Vernon, this shames my ancestors, <laughs> um, which is, it could be good, could be bad, but it's not shaming my ancestors. Right. So I'm going to move on with her. Yeah. Story. Right. Just let it be. And I think that's, that's also an interesting point. Sometimes you just got to let it, let it be right. Like it's the weird part about art is always it. There's what you think about it. And then there's what the rest of the world thinks about it. Right. Which oh, could God. be an, entirely different. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, and in between there too, there's whatever you consider your audience to be, especially if you're uh, right. I mean, I, I tend to write for, I I do a lot of writing for gaming, for example. So I'll write Uh for my gaming group or, you know, I'll write for a specific group of friends or something. And uh, you know, then, then your, your, your context is limited. Just, just kind of as if you're writing for yourself, although it's a little bigger than that. You have a highly focused audience. Yeah, but I think that's true to any extent. Your audience is never everybody in the world or, or you know, whatever. Right. It's, not, it's never universal. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nearly impossible to write something that's going to resonate perfectly with, you know, whatever amount of billion people were up to eight. I can't remember nine. Yeah. Oh, the eternal dream, the worldwide perfect piece <laughs> of writing. But that's not my eternal dream. Oh. Um, I, 
we're kind of running out of time, I hate sure. to say, and we haven't even discussed your actual stories. So yeah. I'm going to try to get you back on in a bit and we'll discuss the stories. But I would like you to mention your website so people can find your stories easily. We'll put it in the notes, but I want to hear it. So yeah. So if you go to www.talesfromthedungeonpodcast.com, that has, uh, has links to where you can listen, has links to my Patreon page. Uh, there's a little bit about me on one page. There's how you can support you sh- uh, support the show. And uh, there is a page that has uh, a map of where I'm telling the story and some character art and uh, some other stuff. So Okay. www.talesfromthedungeonpodcast.com. Yep. So we're going to put that link uh, to that story and some other interesting things we mentioned here on our website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. We've been talking with Joel Rigetti. Speaking Stone Studio author, narrator, publicist, and all those other things you didn't know we needed <laughs> of Tales of the Dungeon, a weekly podcast that you can listen to or subscribe to. We are on Facebook and Twitter. I'll bet you money he's on Facebook or Twitter. If someone sends you a question, will you answer it? I absolutely love feedback about my stories. Uh, the only way you can ever see the other side of that mirror is have somebody talk back to you and say, hey, love what you're doing, hate what you're doing, and and didn't do it in a nice way. So if you love it, leave a review. If you hate it, tell me to my face and I'll do what I can do to change it. Excellent. We respond to tweets. We answer email. He responds to tweets. He answers email. If you send us a tweet about email for him, we'll work it out. We'll get it answered. <laughs> you have been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee and Talking About Writing, not so much coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by our hosts. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre Schween and our sound engineer, backup web spider and host today is dave welsh our intro music is pretty made milking a cow and our exit music is breakfast with a morning person both by michael langberg you can hear more from michael langberg on manyhatsmusic.com our podcast sponsors today are sign of the debauch sloth red coffees the best coffee and joe's picnicking supplies get out of the house go sit on the grass and hey thank you for listening Mm -hmm.